Looking to make $10,000 in a cold, hard cash? Better run for USAC Financial Supports Commissioner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Offense, one of the Daily Bruins' official opinion podcasts. My name is Keisha Vladimir. I'm the Daily Bruins' opinion editor. And we indeed have the big guns here today. I say that every week, but we actually do. We have all our No Offense veterans here and our USAC insiders, or outside insiders. Well, we're not spies. We just know too much. Because, yeah, today is going to be a talk about... What is going on with our pricey student government? But before we get there, let's introduce everybody on the panel squad. We're sitting at a table right now in a conference room and hoping we don't hear don't hear don't hear weird noises from our subpar plumbing in Kirkoff. Hopefully USAC fixes that in ten years. Hi, I'm Emily Murrays. I'm a staff opinion columnist. I'm Abhishek Shetty. I'm one of the opinion columnists. I'm Will Blevins, I'm an opinion columnist and a member of the editorial board. So if you haven't heard, uh USAC is in no uncertain terms, a dumpster fire. And it's like literally somebody walked up to the dumpster, poured like oil all over it, and doused it with one of Elon Musk's flamethrowers because it's really been that expensive for a dumpster, if I do say so myself. Um, Abhishek, do you want to give us the rundown of why USAC is an extraordinary mess this year compared to others? Well, Keshav, it all started the day USAC was born. <laughs> Well, let's not go all the way back to 1919. Maybe 2018 would be nice. Oh, okay. Starting in 2018, it all started when they couldn't find a good enough election board chair. So they chose Richard White, a fourth-year student, to head the election board, and he was chosen. And then he started being annoying to the council members. He ended up outing one of the council members as a future candidate. And he was also, he also would regularly attack council members for things they said. And the council was annoyed with him and they're like, okay, we're done with you. You're fired. It was, I, I hope it was apprentice style firing. I was actually at that meeting. It was an executive session. Um, council went to executive session and they summoned Richard White and he wasn't there. He didn't show up. He didn't want to be showed up for virtual Skype calls or anything. And they took a unanimous vote and he was gone and it was, a very unextraordinary turn of events. It was also like week nine of winter quarter, just weeks before the election was supposed to start. Yep. Luckily, they had already put into place the calendar and changes in the election code. So they just needed to appoint a new election board chair, which they did. They chose a student who was already on the election board as investigations director. So her name, Kiana Sajari, was appointed as election board chair. She's kind of new to USAC space because I believe she's a transfer student. So this is like a little bit new for her. And so things have not gone down well. Well, first of all, Richard White did not apparently hand over social media accounts and emails to the next election board chair. Now, if you're wondering why don't they just reset the passwords, your guess is good as mine. <laughs> um, I was at the last USAC meeting, and this actually played out in public comment, where the council raged at Richard White and his supporters, and Richard White's supporters, actually one person who's on the election board, um, went, he's fired, he doesn't have to do anything, 
and I sort of scratched my head, but I don't want to say anything so people would start throwing stuff at me. But let's just say it's it's real Game of Thrones around here. I don't know who's what, but the Iron Throne is now a USAC election board email. Why don't they just reset the email account passwords? They own the email servers. USAC owns the servers. All you have to do is get the webmaster to reset the passwords and it's all done. There are ways to get your Facebook page back if you go through the proper Facebook channels. I don't get it, but whatever. So now they had to create a new Facebook page, which no one, barely anyone knows exists. And they're like issuing announcements that barely anyone knows of. And it's all going to the dogs. Continuing into spring quarter, basically USAC, the election board usually hosts a meet the candidates forum for people to like ask questions to candidates and during week three. And they had to and instead, they canceled all events during week three and moved those into week four. So now there's meet the candidates on Wednesday and then we, Wednesday of week four. And they moved the debate from Wednesday of week four to Thursday of week four. And then all this is being done via announcements on their Facebook page to their very small audience that in that one corner. And we're kind of just hoping that an election does happen week five so that our coverage of it doesn't seem really stupid in case it gets moved to, you know, I don't know fall quarter or something i mean i wouldn't mind that i'm graduating <laughs> <laughs> and and it looks like the drama is also percolated into the candidate space too i hear um as far as i understand correct me on this i'll be shake that the deadline for submitting your application or your packet we have to get like certain number of signatures to be considered a candidate that got pushed tacitly but not officially on paper so some people submitted their stuff after the deadline and then they weren't considered candidates or what they were, and some people were upset. And then the judicial board was supposed to be like the, you know, the voice of reason. You are not doing what you were told. Kind of Gandalf body didn't really do their job. Kind of. Do you want to explain? Well, yes, the judicial board is the voice of reason, but it speaks slowly. <laughs> For reference, their decisions come out two weeks, like about two weeks after they've made the decision. Then only two weeks later, they issue. Their reasoning on their Facebook page. So we don't know why they disqualified one candidate and allowed everyone else to remain. We'll just have to wait until all the election fires are done. And then we'll know why they made that decision and put us in this place. Some students were upset about the deadlines and that the election board was screwing up. So they issued a, they put in a judicial board complaint. The judicial board heard a case and said the election board should not accept um, some candidates who submitted their application or their packets late. And then council jumped in and said, nah, and then it moved retroactively the election board calendar date and moved it up to, so that it wouldn't be late. And then someone else filed another judicial board case and the judicial board was like, yeah, no, we don't care. And the council's election was approved. And it looks like right now we're looking at a field of 18 candidates, 17 candidates. Or is it 16 candidates? We actually don't know. That's how bad things have gotten. The Daily Bruin does not know how many candidates are running. We have a margin of error of plus or minus one <laughs> on 17. And usually we want that to be zero. <laughs> and and the stakes are high this time because a plus or minus one can make or break your tuition money or your student fee money because there is no candidate running for financial supports commissioner up until I believe last week or the week before there was only one person running for general representative and there should be minimum three because there are three general represent representative seats but now there are two allegedly allegedly yeah according to one of the recent election board documents it says there are two 
people running, but that's not what we believe was communicated at the ballot announcement. <laughs> so we don't know what they're doing. And uh, yeah, most positions are uncontested. Um, I think the only there are only three contested positions. One of them is student wellness commissioner. The other one is academic affairs commissioner. And the other one is president, which features one candidate who is actually a member of UCLA student media, but dropped out for the election, I believe. So it's probably a joke candidate. And it's just like if, if we've come to the state where the joke candidate like is one of the people contesting office and that they had only they had a very high chance of actually getting the position without any competition. Well, you know, things have gone bad. But that's why that's why we're here to sort of rationalize everything, hopefully. Um, to get things started off, why do you think this year's madness happened? Start with you, Will. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you, you can you can blame the incompetence of individual leaders. You know, that's that's easy enough, and that's probably part of the reason why we have all this craziness in USAC right now. But I think, you know, to, to really account for all the chaos that's dominating our student government, you have to look at the structures of student government. Um, first of all, I think there are probably too many positions being contested on USAC. That's a hot take, I know. Um, but, but I think that uh, positions like transfer student representative and student wellness commissioner would probably be better served um, if they were filled by some sort of independent commission or by the organizations themselves. I think that when you have a surfeit of, of different positions to be filled, you know, it makes it that much harder, especially in down years of political engagement like this one, uh, makes it that much harder to find viable candidates for all these positions, you know, and, and it's certainly embarrassing for student government, um, you know, when, 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 when you have certain positions that are just going unfilled, you know, because I, th I think it, I think it demonstrates that our politics has become so toxic uh, that you can't find one candidate in 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 a in a in a, in a student body of about twenty five thousand people to fill one position, um, you know, and and as uh, Kashav um, remarked in the the intro, you know that position um, entails a stipend of about ten thousand dollars. So, you know, if if the uh, the line in the resume and and a ten thousand dollars stipend isn't enough to find one candidate out of twenty five thousand, you know you've got a serious problem with the way in which USAC politics is conducted. I kind of disagree. I don't think it's a matter of the number of seats that are open, nor the like toxicity or whatever of the actual politics that happen in the year. I think that there's kind of a natural ebb and flow like daily Bruin editorial mentioned this like some years if there's a lot of heat within USAC you see a lot of candidates in the next year and this year there wasn't that much like heat within USAC and so there aren't that many candidates and I think it's just a product of the natural like ebb and flow of who wants to run like there wasn't that much last year there was like a huge debate between Bruins United and how they were elected and all of that and so I think more people were willing to run and this year I think just because there's Bruins United doesn't exist anymore, or at least isn't officially running any candidates, I don't think there is there is as much of a reaction to those candidates. So I think it's it's just reactionary politics is a lot of it, and like I don't think that you can necessarily change that with the internal structures of USAC. Uh, I kind of agree with Emily. Like I think that we might see more people run next year in response to this year, but that might just be me being optimistic. You never know. USAC could just slowly die. <laughs> I've actually been pondering that idea of USAC slowly dying because I do personally agree that there is a ebb and flow. Like last year, there were like 40 plus candidates who run, which was like a record high in recent years. And like we had 39, I believe the year before or something. And like 
the years before, I think we sometimes it went as low as 16 candidates for 14 contested positions. Maybe it was 13 at that time because transfer student representative didn't get created until recently. So like you had, you didn't really have that many people running for office. But like, I think this is one of the first times where you have just empty seats. Mm-hmm. And like, that's sort of the next topic I wanted to touch on is like, what's going to happen with those empty seats now? Like, does this mean that like they're just $10,000 that's going to be put on the seat now that's just going to speak for the representative, I guess? I, I believe that uh, USAC President Claire Fieldman has scheduled a couple of those elections uh, to fill the, as of now, uncontested positions for fall quarter. So hopefully we should have people in those positions. Um, I, I think I think going forward, uh, th- there there is going to have to be some sort of structure, whether it's a political party or some other organization of people in USAC, that ensures that we have a good number of people running year in year out. Um, because right now, with the death of Bruins United um, a- as a political party, you know there, there there's really no structure to our politics, which means that it's it's really up to individual candidates to decide whether or not to run. But if we did have strong slates, um, I think uh, going forward that w- that would provide a ready supply of candidates for all these positions, assuming that. Uh, these positions like SWC and transfer student representative are are still contested through open elections. I don't think that slates are necessarily the answer. Like at the end of last year, there was a huge debate over like whether slates were actually bettering the the debate or the cam- candidates forwarded. I do think that slates increase partisanship and like thus increase the number of people who are willing to run potentially. But at the same time, I don't think they necessarily increase like the quality of candidates. And this year slates didn't really do anything to benefit our politics. So I, I don't think you can rely on slates at all. I really think it comes back to the natural ebb and flow. Is there interest in USAC? Yes or no. If USAC gets enough coverage and there's a lot of heated debate in USAC, maybe there will be enough people who want to run. If not, then no. But I, I don't really think it's going to come back to the slates, nor do I think that there, there is any like guaranteed way to control the number of candidates each slate is putting forward. I guess getting back to the question of what will happen to the TSO position, well, it's just going to be empty. I don't know how they might change the stipends. I assume because, like, the stipend pool is one thing that gets divided, like, usually equally between all the positions. I assume they're just going to stick to that. USAC doesn't get much done during the summer anyway, so, yeah. Last question. A bit of an over-under on what's going to happen in the future. Um, I know we did talk a lot about sort of the politics associated with USAC and how that can affect, you know, people's interest in it. And, you know, is this the death knell of USAC? Is, does this mean that, like, following this year and, like, just the enormous mammoth effort it is to run for office, or I guess if you want to be a Joe candidate, maybe not as much, but it still takes effort. It still takes money. You still have to find 50 people to sign off on your page. And is, is this, does this, is this mean USAC is dying? And how should we feel about that if it is in fact dying? I, I think as long as you have sizable student fees that, that are, that are levied on the student body, you have to have some sort of organization to, to disperse those funds. In a perfect world, I think, you'd reduce student fees significantly to where um, a lot of those funds could be dispersed by the administration, probably in coordination with interested students. Um, and hopefully we wouldn't have to have such an expansive, you know, sprawling um, student government uh, that, you know, as, as we've seen, is, is liable to get itself into a lot of trouble. It's liable to, to, to uh, act in a dysfunctional manner, um, you know, and, and, and not really to, to live up to its, to its mission. Um, but as long as you have a sizable student fee exacted each quarter, uh, you're going to have to have something like USAC. Um, 
And so I think the the better the better path is to reform USAC um, and and to make sure we have high quality candidates running each year, as opposed to abolishing it outright. Because in that case, I, I would have to imagine uh, the university would disperse a lot of those student fees, um, pretty much independent of student opinion. You know, I'm not I'm not sure if I agree with that. I kind of disagree. I don't think that some sort of student elected student elected council is necessary to fairly or equally disperse student funds as authoritarian or I don't know dictatorian that as that may sound I, I really don't think that you need a student government body and unfortunately I think that most of the people who are in student government are in it for their own gain but back to the question of whether or not I think that uh, USAC is dying I do think it's dying and I think that's kind of a great thing um, because I think it's less likely that you're going to have people who are running because it's, like, trendy or cool or they want to build their resume and it's, like, the hot thing to do. Hopefully that would lead to more candidates who are actually passionate about the position they're running for. But, I mean, I don't see USAC, like, permanently dying. I just see there's less interest. And I'm, I think that's going to taper off in terms of the number of candidates we see, the number of slates we see. So, I don't know. I don't know if that looks like five years out from now, but I do think that interest has certainly waned over time. So what you're saying is we should schedule the funeral for 2024. I'm super down. No more USAC, yay us. Wouldn't we all be graduated by then? Yes, but I think it would make my life a lot easier if there was no USAC. <laughs> um, what do you think, Abhishek? I'm just going to quote Yoda here. Difficult to see. Always in motion is the future. <laughs> Give me something more, man. You can't do this to me. Well, I think that what I meant was we can't see what happens in the long term, but like in the short term, USAC is going to be very boring next year. <laughs> um, one final question. I know I said the last question was my last question, but this is something that's come up in some conversations in the Daily Bruin. Did the Daily Bruin editorial board kill USAC? Because this year, the editorial board wrote, I mean, and also other coverage as well. It's typically been about the bad things USAC has done. It's been about how it doesn't know how to manage a budget, how it didn't know how to manage its election board, how it didn't know how to manage itself, how its administrators didn't know how to manage themselves, and how its fee committees didn't know how to manage themselves, how the chancellor was was maybe taking advantage of the fee committees, and how nobody knows how to do anything. Did people read us and go, yep, no, no, USAC? Or is this just a coincidence? I think it's probably symptomatic of a long-term trend. I, I don't I don't think that we necessarily caused it. I think we were picking up on it. Um, you know, and 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 obviously the Daily Bruin editorial board is not some like ivory tower. You know, we're we're certainly in touch with what the campus is thinking. You know, we're we're, we're students ourselves. So I mean, obviously, I, I I think we were we were sort of putting our ears to the ground and and seeing where the winds were blowing. Um, so in that sense, I think we were a barometer rather than than the, than than necessarily the cause of of uh, students losing interest in USAC. I I'm gonna disagree with that. I think that the editorial board was spot on this year in all of its criticisms of USAC, and I think they were actually much better than past years. I just think they were more nuanced and hit the nail on the head. But I don't think that the I wouldn't say that the editorial board is like super in touch with what students are thinking. I would say that 90% of students do not think about USAC at all, except for week five when people are like, hey, have you voted for such and such candidate? (laughs) And so I think that it's kind of just a coincidence. Like, I think the editorial board was right this year. I think that coincidentally, there was low interest in USAC. And I think as a result, fewer people chose to run. And I think 90% of students are going to continue not caring and maybe will vote, maybe won't vote. They don't. They just don't care. 
Might just become 100% soon. Let's be real. The editorial board saw this dumpster fire coming from fall quarter. We called it, <laughs> and they should have seen it coming, but we told them, and they wouldn't believe us. Now now they believe us. Yeah, now they're seeing it for themselves. Haha. <laughs> they were the Titanic, and we were the iceberg. Ice- no, screw this metaphor. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. They're sinking anyways. You know, we will be covering election stuff on No Offense, as is customary each year. So... Be sure to tune into that. We'll be switching to a new topic in a bit. But just to leave you with another thought, there might be an election next week. There might not. We'll have to find out on an obscure Facebook page. We'll catch you all in a bit. Reality is often disappointing, especially in Westwood's tier there's. Yeah, so if you haven't heard, um, Thanos is going to get his ass whooped. I'm sorry, uh, the vendors are going to have their endgame on Friday, April 26th. And uh, too bad most of us are not going to be able to watch it, I'm guessing. Yeah, Westwood has two single show theaters and one jokester theater, I guess. Yes, there's the landmark on Broxton Avenue, which just plays the room. Like, it's it's an extreme edgelord movie theater in real life. I, I don't know why it's there. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> uh, I've only seen about the first 20 minutes of The Room on YouTube, and then I went, what am I doing? I need to watch this in a legit theater where people throw things at the, the screen, apparently. But yeah, the Avengers are coming out, Endgame's coming out, and uh, what are your guys' thoughts that... Not a lot of us are going to be able to watch it the day it comes out. And we're all going to be have the story ruined for us. I don't know. Cersei takes the Iron Throne. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Um, uh, <laughs> Thanos takes Thanos takes the Iron. Sorry, Thanos, Thanos doesn't die. What, what are you guys all thinking? Well, uh, I've I've been hearing a persistent rumor uh, on Reddit and social media that Ant Man is going to defeat Thanos by sneaking up his backside um, and and then expanding. Uh, I I don't know how true that is, but I think that would be an awesome way to end the movie. That's uh, just my that's just my two cents. All right, getting back to the non Ant Man inside Thanos <laughs> storyline, it's kind of weird that this college uh, college student area just has like two major movie theaters and it's just single shows you know i thought you'd think there would be more demand for like movies but like even if you're a student and you've gone to either of the theaters you can see that they're like pretty empty a lot of the time like it's really rare to see like a fully packed theater yeah i just went to a 10:45 movie recently and a pm movie and there were about five people there and i think a, a, a couple were sitting behind me and they were just laughing the entire time and I was like, can't you have your conversation elsewhere? But then I was like, also, this is a quiet place. I probably just could have pulled out my laptop and done my homework or something. Because all the other Westwood places were closed. You paid $10 to do your homework? <laughs> I actually ended up getting my phone five minutes in. I don't imagine people will be doing that for vendors, hopefully. Unless Fox Theater breaks down. But yeah, it sucks that we don't have other theaters. Westwood's messed up. I hope the Northwestern Neighborhood Council, the newly established Neighborhood Council, that is supposed to be more student-friendly, and so fixing, fixing this because, you know, it would be nice to see more than just A Star is Born for five weeks before you find the next movie that's available in Westwood. 
I do think it's a bummer that we have two single movie theaters, but I also think that there's a lot of college towns that don't have any movie theaters, period. And if I think about, like, all the movies I've wanted to see in the past few years, I've always had to, like, drive or Uber to somewhere off campus, um, like Century City, to watch the movies that I wanted to see. And I would say that's pretty typical of my other colleagues who go to different schools. And so I think it's unfortunate because you're like, hey, there's a movie theater right there. Like, why can't they show more movies that I actually want to see? But if you think about it, I feel like it's also not that big of a deal. I, I do think it's definitely, like, poor planning. Like, who puts two movie theaters right next to each other? Oh, wait, they only th- show one movie at a time for several weeks. But I also think it's, in terms of, like, impacting student life, I don't think it has a severe impact. Any final words, Will? Well, uh, I, I think like uh, many other people, I'm really looking forward to the Avengers movie. Um, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Thanos is going to get his butt kicked. Um, but it'll certainly be interesting to see how that happens and whether or not that involves Ant-Man um, or uh, some other method of, um, of defeat, you know. We will have to see, but uh, I'll certainly be there on Friday uh, lining up with everyone else to crowd into either the Fox or the Bruin Theater. So, yeah, should be a good should be a good movie. Want to know who could really make use of the Infinity Stones? Who's that? Usac. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, once once Usac amasses all the Infinity Stones, they can they can marginalize all their critics, including the DB editorial board. Or they can you know maybe learn how to run an election. But that's all we have for this week's No Offense podcast. Be sure to catch us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Or, you know, just look at dailyburn.com slash radio. And we'll see you all next week.